welcome back to another episode of the The Body, The Blood, The Enchilada of podcasts. I'm the Blood, aka Sophie, and you might have figured out by now, by the awkward silence, that I am alone and naked and afraid. Because that's how I roll these days. Um, anyways, um, this is because this week we're trying out a new format, simply because scheduling didn't allow for us all to record together at the same time. Normally we, uh, have like our little online meeting and that's how we record these days, but, uh, this week it just wasn't in the cards. So we're trying this format, hopefully you like it. If you don't, let us know. Just message us. We're always available because we have no lives. So, um, we'll each be presenting our stories separately. So, um, instead of hearing our reactions to each other's stories, you can react and, uh, you can leave us comments about what you think about them. So there's that. All right. So today's episode is based all around past lives and reincarnation. Now, um, if any of you are on TikTok, then you'll know that there's been a trend of people doing a past life meditation and then like posting their reactions online. So we were inspired by that. Um, anytime I hear anything to do with past lives and reincarnation, I'm there. I'm very interested in this topic. I always have been. I don't know why. Just thought it was cool. Um, I have had a couple of past life readings in the past. I don't know how accurate they were because these were usually like free little workshops that people that have been, um, well, they've been practicing how to do past life readings and like energy healings. They'll they do these for free just so they can get practice. So um, I've heard various stories about some of some of my past lives based on those. Like there was one where it was a male shepherd back, but like back in BC times, like that kind of deal. Apparently, I was a great businessman. Um, not so much these days, but you know, that was kind of cool to hear about. Um, there was another one. These were def different, like days that I went because I used to do like monthly energy healings and the past life readings would be available when you went for those and another one was like I was a medicine woman which was really cool so um yeah I've, I've always been kind of intrigued by it um I don't think I've ever actually like experienced any like memories of past lives so I couldn't say for certain if those were true or those were just kind of people fluffing me up, if you know what I mean. But anyways, so I looked into these past life meditations. It's on YouTube. I'm actually going to link it in our description. So feel free to do it and then tell us what uh, you experienced because it's really cool. And um, so yeah, that's how we got into this. And um, so I did a poll on our Instagram and asked whether or not our audience believed in past life and 67% of you said you did. And in doing research for my story this week, I found a statistic that actually said that um, roughly one in four Americans do believe in reincarnation despite being a predominantly Judeo-Christian society. So I mean, reincarnation isn't really a part of our religion other than basically Jesus coming back to life, but that's not necessarily reincarnation. So kind of a cool thing that a lot of people believe in. Um, so yeah, do you believe in it? Let us know. Um, so yeah, please enjoy our stories. First up we have Mr. Paul. AKA The Body. Hello, my name is Paul Rucker, and I am The Body, a podcast. So I just got done doing 
the meditation, the past life meditation. It was interesting. Um, the man who did it, what's his name? Robert Weiss, something Weiss. Brian Weiss. He looks a little odd, but you know, I gave him the benefit of the doubt. Um, the meditation is very long and it's over 10 minutes before you even start going back in time. In that first 10 minutes, he makes you like recount your childhood, zone in on a memory. That was kind of odd. I actually remembered some stuff like on the spot about things of my childhood that I hadn't thought about in a long time. So that was a little weird. But then he makes you go through your birth. And that was a little weird. Remembering being in utero. Like that's not something I, I would like to do. But this man forced me to and I had weird chills and I did not like that. And coincidentally, as soon as he said, <laughs> wait, so he said, okay, like be born, like do it. And as soon as he said that, my nephew started crying in the background just out of nowhere. Up until then, he was like just playing around and laughing. So that was, that was a little odd. It, it took me by surprise. And then he goes through, like, sending you back further in time, trying to remember people, trying to remember, like, places that you were. And I didn't get any visions, but it was more feelings and weird lights and colors. I kept seeing shadows with my eyes closed as if someone was walking, like, in front of a light. And I was also getting a lot of color. Definitely when he was, like, having you recount your childhood memories, I was getting a lot of reds. And then when he sent you back in time, I was getting more, it almost seemed blues and purples. So it was a lot more feeling and, like, weird chills throughout the whole thing. So I don't know what that means. Um, maybe I had a colorful past. I have no idea. So that was a little odd. Um, the whole experience, it was weird. Um, I don't meditate often, and I definitely don't get... It seemed more like hypnosis. I've never been hypnotized. I don't know what that's going to be like, but it was, it was a little, it was a little weird. Good experience though. So then I would like to tell you a story, a one person story, um, with no feedback and no one to make laugh. So it's going to be a little weird. I'll just laugh at my own jokes. It's fine. There are actually no jokes in this. It's pretty, pretty depressing at, be at the beginning. So I'd like to tell you a story about Martha Ribley. Martha Ribley lived in Penhook, Virginia, which is a little tiny, not even town of like 800 people. On Wikipedia, it is known as a census driven area or something. It's not even a town. It's not a township. It's not a city. It's not a town. It's just an area of 800 people in Virginia. And it rests on uh, Smith Mountain Lake. It's like a little boating village. There's docks and stuff. So, one day Martha, she was out hanging out with her friend Robert. They're just hanging out on the docks. I assume that's all there is to do in Virginia. It's either that or like go to the Dairy Queen. So, she's hanging out with the Robert, walking along the dock. Dock's kind of slippery. She loses her footing and she falls into the water. But on her way down, of course, she smacks her head against the wooden dock and she's knocked unconscious and immediately goes under the water. Robert, of course, being the good friend he is, jumped in right after her, but he was struggling to get her back to shore. Okay, sorry if there's a weird cut there. My cat was attacking the door, so I had to go see what she was doing. Um, she's just being a bitch. So anyways, Robert uh, tried to drag her back to shore. It said that she... Or he said that he was struggling to do so. I don't know if Martha was a larger gal or if Robert's just a little weakly. I don't know. Anyway, drags her back to shore, but she's unconscious this entire time. And she was under the water for at least a few minutes before he could drag her out. So she remained unconscious and unresponsive until the paramedics arrived on the scene. Which being a little town... I don't know how long it took. I imagine it takes a while. The nearest hospital, it said it's like 25 minutes away. So she still had a pulse when the paramedics arrived. But on the way to the hospital, which took about 20 minutes, uh, the paramedics lost her. And they said she was effectively dead for over a minute. 
before they revived her. Still unconscious the whole time. When she got to the hospital, it was determined that she had suffered from a massive brain hemorrhage when she slammed her head against the dock. Uh, once she was in a stable condition, she remained in... It was like a... I don't know if it's a coma, since it was only... It was uh, roughly 24 hours that she was in a coma. Or a comatose state. So, she's just chilling in the hospital. Over 24 hours. Because she had a brain hemorrhage. Um, she was slow to recover. When she finally came to, she couldn't talk. She had pretty much lost all of her motor function. She was very messed up. As you would expect from someone who had just suffered from being dead and having a brain hemorrhage. So when she could... So she worked with a physical therapist and a speech coach for a while before she was able to actually speak coherently. Before that, she was she had like the cognitive ability of like a child. She was like slurring and couldn't speak. When she finally could speak, she started telling her friends and her family about these really weird stories during her near-death experience when she was unconscious. So pretty much from the moment that she went unconscious, she slipped into this other world. She started telling stories about how she was painting these beautiful canvases and she was like painting by candlelight. Her subjects were like women who were draped in cloth and she was painting like old houses and all this weird stuff. She says that she felt as if she was in that world for years, even though she had only been unconscious for over a day. But she felt like she had lived this world like she had been there she knew people she made all these beautiful paintings but people mostly thought that they were they were just nice stories they were like oh like you were just dreaming like as people do in comas i guess i don't know so she was just dreaming all this stuff but martha started to draw when she got her like cognitive functions back she started sketching little notebooks and she realized like oh I can sort of draw pretty well. So then she bought some paints and some canvases and she started painting. And she realized that she was painting what she had seen in her NDE. She was painting these women and these houses, but she was doing it all from memory. And these were like beautiful paintings. Her family and her friends were really impressed because up until this point, she had never even picked up a paintbrush. She had never made a sketch. Martha wasn't really an artistic person she had never been until after this NDE and she suddenly has this ability so Martha believes that she somehow tapped into a past life when she was unconscious and when she slipped away for those few minutes and that her past life was someone who is a painter who is an artist she believes sometime in the renaissance period although I think she just picked that out of nowhere she only said that because the person who was painting there was she said there was no technology everything was lit by candle so she just assumes that it was a renaissance painter although it could really be anyone from the past she thinks that she somehow picked up on all this energy from her past life and that the energy of her past self was transferred to her current self and gave her all this artistic ability so she's painting all this stuff A few local news organizations in Virginia picked it up. Um, It didn't really go much outside of there. You can look up, like, you can look up her name and it appears in mostly just like Little Virginia newspapers and uh, news stations and things like that. Um, She actually did a TED Talk, but it wasn't the big TED Talk. It was the smaller ones. They're like TEDx or whatever they are that pretty much anyone can do and she just mostly talked about her life growing up and how she just grew up in this little town and then sort of everything changed after her NDE she was mostly talking about that and then at the end she sort of brings in her past life experience and how now she's a full believer in past life experiences and she wants to tap into that more she wants to look into like hypnosis and more stuff i guess like the sort of meditation that we did so that she can really tap into this and maybe make something of it 
but for the most part she just paints for herself and her family and she's just sort of back to her normal life in little Penhook, Virginia. And that's pretty much all I have to say. That was a short little thing. Hopefully this episode is a little bit longer. I think it's just going to be shorter because we're not all talking bullshit with each other. Because I think that's the majority of our episodes now. But I think everyone likes that. So yeah, that's my story. And we love you. And this has been The Body. Bye. Alright, thanks to Paul for that great double story it kind of gave me chills hearing about his nephew um crying awake when um the meditation told him to be born um not gonna lie gave me chills listening back while editing and yeah so thank you for that and up next is natalie with her story so please enjoy Hello and welcome to um, The Body, The Blood, The Michelada. I know it's a little bit of a different setup today, guys. Um, This is Natalie. I am the Michelada part of The Body, The Blood, The Michelada. Welcome. So this week we had to do things a little different. You know, we couldn't all be together because of quarantine. So I wanted to just start my story. Uh, This week we're doing past lives which I find extremely interesting and today I want to talk about Shanti Devi from India. So Shanti Devi was born in the 1930s and um, at the age of like four she really started to talk about her past life and how she had been married and she had children and she was actually from a completely different part of India and um, that she needed to get back to that life because she wasn't that far off from it. She had recently died. Um, Typically when we talk about people that have like past life experiences, this is like years and years later or you know like a century after they remember a past life. But for Shanti Devi, she was remembering her last life, the one that had just ended and this one started. Um, so at the age of four, she started telling her parents like, Hey, I have a husband. I have children. I need to get back to them. They're waiting for me. And her parents just kind of like pushed it aside and they're like, Oh, she's just being a four-year-old. Four-year-olds are crazy. Um, which is fair. I mean, four-year-olds are crazy and they come up with some weird ass stories you ever want a weird story ask like a five-year-old or a six-year-old to tell you about their day they will mumble on for hours um but shanti devi was very persistent and then at the age of six she even tried to run away from home because she was so persistent that she needed to get back to where her old life was so at this point um her teachers start to take her seriously and they're like okay tell us your story Let's write it down. Let's see if we can find anything that matches up. So she tells them the story. She tells them about how she was married and there was complications during her last pregnancy and that she had passed away 10 days after giving birth to a son in this certain town. So the teachers then go to that town and they start telling the story and trying to see if like anything matches up and lo and behold it does. There's a gentleman there whose wife passed away about nine years prior who had died 10 days after giving birth due to uh, complications of pregnancy. So the teachers bring this gentleman to the town and they explain it as, oh, this is the brother of Shanti Devi's past life husband. We're just bringing him down so that he can kind of collaborate the story for us. As soon as Shanti Devi sees him, she's like, bitch, that's my husband. Like, that's my husband. I was married to him. Where are our kids? That's my life. I told y'all that I was, like, serious. Um, to her husband's surprise, she remembers all kinds of stuff about their life together. She remembers 
dying. She remembers their son. She remembers marrying him. She remembers a ton of things that no six-year-old should know and that there's no way for her to have known because it was like boring everyday stuff. So he became absolutely convinced that this was his wife in a previous life. The story got so big that even Gandhi got involved and he commissioned an investigation into it. The investigation found that she was indeed um, the reincarnation of this this woman that had died. Uh, in doing interviews together, it had been discovered that like her husband from her previous life kind of turned out to be like a shitty guy. He had made promises to her on her deathbed that he was going to be a good father and that he was going to like take care of their home and it turned out that he became a slob and he was like a shitty dad that didn't really care and so she was like well peace out I'm gonna go back to my family since I'm only seven so she went back but they continued to interview her they continued to do studies about her and she continued to talk about her past life all the way up into the 80s she never remarried she stayed single but she did interviews all the way up until 19, I think 86, a couple days before her uh, passing is when she did her final interview. And she was able to recall all kinds of stuff about her previous life. And I just think that's wild. Could you imagine remember, like your past life is still actively happening? Like you still have kids out there and now they're older than you. Like what would you even do? How would you even talk to these people? You'd be like, hey, I know that I'm seven, but like, I'm your mom and I want you to know I'm here for you. Like, that would be insane. I can't even imagine like, and then what happens if like that guy remarries? Like, how do you feel? How do you, how do you move on with your life knowing that your other life is still taking place? I don't know how I would do it. How do you, like, how do you even forget? I don't know. Um... So for us, Sophie, Paul, and I, we all did like a meditation to try to remember our past lives. And that in itself was wild. So you have to, the lights turn off and you have to imagine you're being enveloped by light. And they tell you to like think about a childhood memory. And then from a childhood memory, you have to like regress back into a previous life. And so you go back into like the last memory you had of your previous life or of a previous life. And for me, so I was sitting in this light and they tell you to start like envisioning colors and and what do those colors mean to you and all this. And for me, my light started to turn like a seafoam green teal, which is my it's my favorite color. I've always loved kind of like an oceany color. And as I'm sitting there, the light kind of turns into like waves crashing over me and I I felt like I was on a beach like I was in the surf on a beach and I was okay with it my left side hurt like it felt pain all through it like it's done it was definitely some type of wound it wasn't like a oh I have a weird cramp in my side it was definitely like oh something is wrong uh, it felt like Maybe something had like cut me open or maybe I like got stabbed by something. But it wasn't a smooth cut, if that makes sense. Like it was kind of jaggedy. And I was sitting just on this beach, chill. My feet started to get really cold. And once my feet started to feel cold and the cold kind of went up my legs, I just felt this like really calm kind of come over me like I was accepting of what was gonna happen I was like well I'm gonna die here but that's fine because I'm on the beach and it's a beautiful day like I can't even describe the sky the sky was so blue it was beautiful I don't know what beach I was on but it was like if I had to die anywhere that beach was chill I would die on that beach again um five out of five stars for places to get straight murdered and you know what the best part if I was murdered I don't know if that's what happened I was either like murdered or I did something dumb and got myself stabbed like on a boat maybe I ran into some wood and then I like got drunk and walked off to the beach who knows 
there was no one around me to answer questions. But that was fine, because I would... In that situation, I think I was totally cool with dying completely alone on this beach. And, um... It was super chill. If I had to die, that would be the best way. Calm. And not terrified. I, I think I was really okay with the way things were turning out. Um, which is great, because that's one thing I was super afraid of doing these past life regressions, is I was going to find something that I was not okay with, and that I was going to have to deal with, like, the fact that I was murdered, and that was going to haunt me, but I think I was fine. But I do wonder about this beach. Like, if I went to this beach, could I find, like, a piece of my body? Like, did I stay on the beach? Did I just get taken into the surf and like now my body's part of the rocks there like could I go to this beach and find like my own tooth and then I put it on a necklace and I wear it around my neck is that a thing do people like you know how they pick the Dalai Lama they put a bunch of stuff out and then like whoever is the next Dalai Lama picks a bunch of like random stuff off of the table and they're like oh my god you picked the past Dalai Lama's um shoes or something and then you picked his favorite cup and now you're the Dalai Lama because you picked a bunch of random stuff off the table. Can we do that for people? Like, can people be drawn to their objects from previous lives? I think that would be wild. Like, if I was on this beach and I picked up a rock and it turned out to be, like, my own kneecap. But, like, it called to me because it was my own kneecap and now it, like, sits on my shelf and I can show people like so I have this alligator head that my mom got me and so next to that I would put my kneecap from my old life and I would be like oh that's that's a piece of me from when I got murdered on the beach and that was a cool day guys like that would be such a weird conversation piece to have at my house but I would enjoy it and then I would like hold it and be like oh me we've got it we certainly got ourselves into some trouble what do you guys think would you if you could own a piece of your past life would you want it would you want that reminder that like this isn't the first time you've been here and something to learn from that would be interesting to me I, I would wonder if that's something that you can I don't even know how you would find things but that would be something I would be super into um yeah, so that's me. I hope quarantine is treating all of you well. I hope you're taking care of yourselves. I know that people give themselves a lot of pressure, like to clean your house or to remodel or to do all kinds of stuff. But I think it's just self, self-love self right now. Like, take care of yourselves because mentally, like, this quarantine is hard, guys. Oh my god, I can barely handle it. So take care of yourselves. Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Let me know what kind of topics you would like. I miss all of you. I hope you have made wonderful cocktails. Please take pictures of them and send them to me. I would love to virtually drink with all of you. Have a wonderful day. Bye. Hi guys, it's Sophie again. And I'm going to share with you my past life meditation experience. Now, I had intended to, well, I mean, do the meditation and then make a podcast episode about it. And well, I mean, that's what we're doing now. But before I got the chance to actually do the meditation, I came across a TikTok, TikTok, TikTok. A TikTok of a, another sort of, well, it's supposed to be like a sound on TikTok that is supposed to help bring up memories of past lives. Um, if you're interested in hearing it to see what you experience in the one minute of that sound, um, message me on TikTok on our BB Michelada account. We now have one. It's, I mean, the account isn't really active. Like, we don't have any videos, but I will share that video with you on there. And, um, so I listened to it 
and you know got into that little meditation state and I I mean I t told Natalie and Paul immediately what I experienced um, I closed my eyes and you know got into the mindset and I actually listened to the audio a few times because you know how TikTok loops and the one thing that I could picture was well and there, there were sensations involved with this was a kind of raggedy looking guy who looked a lot like a mix between Woody Harrelson and the actor Marty Feldman if you don't know who Marty Feldman and he is a actor who was in um Young Frankenstein, he played Igor. He's most notable for his eyes, and this dude totally had the Marty Feldman eyes. And I just remember, like, he was, like, staring at me, and, like, I was going cold. Like, I assume that, um, it had something to do with water, but, like, we were in the desert, definitely. And it was just a brief picture. Of this person so I already had this in my mind going into the Brian Weiss meditation so I, I imagine that had a lot of influence over it because I was already like okay I need to get answers on this um, so the Brian Weiss meditation it starts off with kind of going into phases of like going back to like your earliest childhood memory for me that was like remembering an afternoon at my grandma's house which I spent so many there because I would go to her house after school and even at one point I lived there so I would be there all the time regardless and you know just playing in the front living room where I mean my grandma would be sitting the TV would be on I remember the smells coming from the kitchen because the kitchen was next door the feel of the carpet like I could see the green of the carpet yes her carpets were green I... it was a weird time it was the 90s okay I'm pretty sure this carpet was from the 70s like there was wood paneling for Christ's sakes in that room but like yeah it was a very distinct picture in my mind so like it, it just it just seemed pretty real like I could touch it type of thing and then from there it goes back to you regressing to being in utero which that one I don't know if it was as clear as some of the, the rest of the meditation um but you know it was dark I feel like I heard like my mother's heartbeat but for all I know that could have just been my own heartbeat because I had headphones in and you know if you have something in your ear it usually makes you very aware of the sounds coming from your body and then I was born and it got very bright and then from there you enter this haven of a garden that you've basically imagined as paradise it was very green but I think it reminded me a lot of my grandma's garden. But that could have just be me, you know, putting my own spin on it. He does say during the meditation that whatever you picture is, isn't wrong. Like if you think you're putting your own spin on things or you're imagining things, it's not necessarily wrong. That could just be something you wanted to see and that's why it's coming forward it doesn't mean that you're doing it wrong so i that kind of made me feel a little bit better about it so anyways then you get to the part where you go to the door that you're supposed to open and be in your past life and as soon as you get through that door you're supposed to figure out the color of your, the door to me it was just very it was black I don't know if it's because my eyes were closed and it was dark in my room so it, I only saw black. But once you go through the door he tells you to look down at your feet and remember what your shoes look like, what you're wearing, kind of try and describe yourself. I was wearing these dark suede boots 
to me they look kind of like Victorian era. I couldn't I couldn't say. I was definitely wearing like a dark dress that was very reminiscent of the time. And um, when he tells you to just kind of remember a time, just a regular time in that lifetime, like a regular day, I pictured like a busy street in it could have been Dublin, it could have been London, something of the sort, where it had the very Edwardian buildings made of concrete, but it was a bustling city. And I just remember seeing these faces looking at me of various people that looked very disapproving of me for some reason. I don't know what it was. And I and I can't say, like, I got a sense of what, why they were disapproving of me, because it seemed like I was just minding my own damn business walking down a street. You know? And then, all of a sudden, he's like, alright, now I want you to remember your death during this life. And you, you think it's gonna be really heavy, but it's, it's not. It's kind of actually pretty peaceful. And it, it did take me back to the previous picture of the Marty Feldman, Woody Harrelson look-alike guy, and we were in a desert, and I was going cold, and that then I started to like picture snakes, and I began to think maybe I got bitten by a snake, and I was going cold simply because I was dying, you know? Because, I mean, the dude looked pretty panicked. But it looked like we were in the middle of nowhere, so it's like, what are you gonna do if this person is bitten by a snake in that time? Like, where the fuck can you take them, you know? Also, I got... Th this was me after the meditation. I started kind of look into it, and in that time, it was pretty typical of people from United Kingdom, if they were criminals, or criminally punished, they would be sent to Australia as punishment, and they, you know, they basically lived out their lives there. Instead of going to jail, their jail was Australia. So I kind of figured that's where I ended up. Maybe those people that were disapproving of me uh, were accusing me of something that I did in that lifetime, and that's how I ended up there. And then I just ended up dying by snake bite. And um, probably went cold because, well, um, even in the meditation he said you're probably going to come out feeling pretty cold. But um, also because um, certain snake bites, when you're bitten, it drops your blood pressure. This is something I found out after I was doing research on it. And, you know, that, if you have low blood pressure, you usually feel pretty damn cold. So, as that was severely decreasing, I imagine that's what happened. And why I experienced that. So that was really interesting. Um, I know my story uh, sounded a little, um, scary in comparison to maybe Paul and Natalie's. Well, I don't know, Natalie's, she got freaking stabbed, so that um that's that's pretty scary but i mean there was no pain the fear was gone because i mean you've already experienced this if you're doing this correctly but um i did see a warning from somebody who said if you're going to do past life meditations and working with memories in that way you need to prior to it, you know, make sure you're all good in this life. Like, if you have some deep set trauma that you've never addressed, it's not good to go into another life or memory or try and go back like that until you've addressed it. So please consider that before you go and do this. But like, if you've already acknowledged some of the bullshit that's been going on, like, Granted, no one's gonna be perfect and be, like, super, um, clear of mind going into it. 
just um you just make sure you're good know yourself before you test it even more all right and i'm also going to continue my story of somebody who experienced a past life reincarnation type thing um, I first heard about this case on, I believe, like, Nightline or 2020. It was so long ago, like, Charles Gibson was the host. I actually found the, um, what do you call it? The story on YouTube, the original, about this. And I remember watching it when it was live. Anyways, that's how long it fucking was. Charles Gibson is either dead or retired now. So, there you go. Um, and it has to do with... James Leininger, who um, started experiencing some weird things around the age of two. Around the age of two. Yeah, I said that right. I'm gonna leave in these bloopers just to make this longer for you guys, because I know this is gonna be an itty bitty episode. Anyways, he was born to Bruce and Andrea Leininger who um, originally they were from the Bay, Bay Area and moved down to Louisiana um, around the time that uh, little James started having weird memories. And um, he was born in 1998, so he is about 20 now, and I'll uh, get back to you on what he's doing currently because the kid's still alive, of course. He's, he's, he was a youngin'. And, um, so Bruce one day decided to take his two-year-old to a local air museum because, I mean, kids like that. Museums are cool. There's big things in there. I got lost in the Air and Space Museum in Virginia once and it was great because there was so much to see. So I could only imagine what a two-year-old must have been thinking because I was like 20 when this happened. And anyways, this kid just, like, he wanted to sit and stare at the World War II planes. Like, he was insistent on it. Like, Bruce had to, like, bring him back multiple times to the same plane during their trip. Like, he said they spent hours in this one exhibit because of the World War II planes. He was obsessed with it. It was around this time, around, like, shortly afterwards, that James started to have these very violent nightmares where he would wake up screaming and when his mom first came to you know wake him up to make sure he was okay he said airplane crash plane on fire little man can't get out and she's like what are you, what are you talking about james what do you what do you mean little man can't get out what little man he's like me me and he was like basically describing a plane crashing and he would be like trying to kick the covers off like he was fighting to get out and you know that was pretty alarming and um you know they were a little they were a little scared for his kid because you know he's having fucking night terrors no one wants that they want their kid to sleep peacefully so you know they talked it out with him and um they they didn't deny that it was it wasn't happening you know you don't want to do that with kids. That just makes things worse. And so they started questioning him more about these nightmares that he was having. Because, well, he was having these nightmares. He was becoming a lot more obsessed with planes in general. Like, he, like all the toys he played with, they were just planes. And um, one time his mom, this was following all of this, she brought him a little plane to play with and she's like look James there's bombs on the bottom like how fucking cool is that you know and he's like mom that that's not that's not a fucking bomb mom that's like a fuel tank like what's wrong with you that's a fuel drop like come on and she even he he even described to her like what it did basically it fuels the plane and you drop it and uh once it's not needed, basically. Once it's empty, it's gone. And she didn't know that. And she looked it up and, you know, he was right. And so that was weird considering the kid was fucking too. 
And so, um, she, they started asking him more about planes and stuff. And they asked him because he was still having this nightmare, like, oh, what kind of plane were you, um, like piloting? And he said, I was a Corsair pilot. And they were like, what the hell is a Corsair? It's a type of plane that was flown in World War II. And like, he would say, like, tell them details that, you know, most people wouldn't even know about planes, specifically this plane. Like, he wasn't just, like, describing what was going on in battle. Like, he was saying, like, they would veer to the left when flown. They'd talk about how the tires would be going out and shit like that. Anyways, so the dad... The dad was in denial, like, this shit was happening. Because, um, I guess the mom's mother was like, maybe he's, like, remembering, like, a life before this. And he's like, no, no, we, we are good Christian people. We don't believe in that kind of thing. And then his kid was like, daddy, daddy, when I was a pilot, I was on the Natoma Bay aircraft um, carrier boat thing. And then they're like, but Natoma, that sounds Japanese. And he's like, daddy, it was American. And his dad looked it up, a real boat. So what does the dad do? He decides to drop in on um, a World War II reunion. And um, he started asking around like if anybody knew about this boat or knew anybody who um, might have worked on it. And um, so I guess when this kid was having these nightmares, he would remember that plane crash and he would mention this guy named Jack Larson who would have been witness to the crash. Jack Larson was able to be found because he was still alive. And so he talked to him and he was like, yeah, my one of the only, I think the only person that died off that aircraft was his friend, James Houston Jr. Which makes sense because for a while that kid was like signing his name as James the Third, And when they asked him about it, he's like, I'm the third James. Which makes sense if the James prior to him was James Houston Jr. So crazy, right? But um, yeah, he was able to recall things that didn't make sense for him. And I guess this pilot had died like a day before he was supposed to be sent home. Which, I mean, it's tragic and he was only, like, only 20. But like, he not only was he able to describe things that just happened during the war, but he was able to like describe things about like that, his James Houston Jr.'s family. They got in contact with his sister and he knew about like some family drama that I mean wouldn't no one would know about and like she believes that that's her brother reincarnated anyways so um James Leninger is all grown up now he is 20 he actually joined the navy which makes sense because James Houston Jr. was a pilot with the navy so um He's basically following in the same footsteps. He's 20 now, um, so hopefully, you know, he's safe. I, I hope he doesn't basically relive the same life, because that would be pretty tragic. And I hope, you know, he lives out his days to, um, you know, complete whatever it is that James Houston didn't get to complete on this earth, so... That's cool. Um, anyways, I know this, um, webs... What was I gonna say? I forgot what I was gonna say. I know this format was a little weird. It's not as funny, per se. But, you know, we didn't want to leave you with another week of not hearing from us. Also, I, um... I mean, I, I've got nothing going on for me currently, so it makes me feel like I'm doing something if I at least keep the podcast up. So, um, yeah. Please share with us any of your experiences with the past life meditation. 
or if you know somebody that like remembers a past life, that would be cool too. Uh, we like to hear this kind of stuff. I'm really interested. I'm intrigued by it. Um, I'm gonna try and look more into Brian Weiss's work because I mean he's worked with Oprah. He's been on all these talk shows. He has so many books. I, I just want to dive in more. Which can be really scary, but you know, whatever. Um, we're on most social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We now have a TikTok, like I mentioned. Usually we're BB Michelada on all of that. If not, it's the body, the blood, the Michelada. And um, now we ask you guys to submit your quarantine uh, cocktail recipes. Please do, because we would like to make them because um, you know, it's, I've been, I don't know how many months and we're not drinking as much as we used to, mostly because we've run out of ideas. So help us out. Also, um, if you want to help support this podcast, um, we have a Patreon. There we are, the BB Michelada, or BB Michelada. It's patreon.com slash BB Michelada. So check that out. I mean, even if you pledge a dollar per month. We will be happy, and we will love you forever. Desi is the only Patreon currently, so we will always mention her. Thank you, Desi. Thank you.